Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Amen. Mark chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. And immediately sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil. Look at these words. And produced grain. Growing up and increasing and yielding. 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Seeds that fell on soil. Bible says it produced, it grew, it increased, and eventually yielded. Some of these words, we, I spoke last week about some of the key words in this series you're going to see, but we see three of them right there. Producing, growing, increasing. So this series, Yield, just to catch up if you missed last week, please go back and catch the first part of the series. But the whole idea behind this series, I believe God is showing us that through our lives, He wants to bring about a harvest. Who's believing for that? Yeah. That through our lives and through the seasons of our lives, God wants to bring forth a yield. And we see it in Scripture. Yield in an agricultural sense is is the the determination of a crop that comes. And through that yield, there's value. Your life is valuable to God. And through the value that He's assigned in your life and through your life, He wants to bring a yield through your life. That's a good thing. He wants to do something positive through your life that builds the kingdom of God, that builds what He is about. Yield. I grew up skiing as a kid. That was kind of our winter vacation is every year we would go skiing as a family. It was great family time. My brother and my sister and I and my mum and dad would go skiing. And I heard this story. My dad was such an avid skier. He loved to ski so much that I heard this story that before he married my mum, he would go down to the ski field so much that he and his buddies, in Australia we call them mates, he and his mates just decided instead of because they were too cheap to, to, to buy a hotel or get hotel rooms, they thought, we'll just buy a van. <laughs> so he and his buddies just bought a, an old van and parked it at the bottom of the ski slopes, about 300 feet from the chairlift. 
And they'd ski all day long. And then at the end of the day, they would just go and sleep in the van and then wake up in the next morning and do it all over again. That's how much my dad loved skiing. And then eventually he married my mom. And then we came along and my mom said to my dad, the van's not going to work anymore. We need to stay in a hotel. But he loved skiing so much. And he had this passion for me and my brother and my sister to learn how to ski. So he put us in ski school. And so you might know ski school, but it was like you get dropped off first thing in the morning. I really believe dad was actually doing it to get a break from us probably. <laughs> but so he could go off and ski with mum and pick us up later. But I love ski school. It was so funny. In fact, I wish I had the picture, but there's a picture of me standing next to a fake kangaroo on the ski slopes as like a five-year-old kid. And uh, that was like the mascot, you know, for the, for the ski school pictures. And, but it was just a great time. And I remember learning to ski and my instructor teaching us one time about the pole plant. And I said to my instructor, I was like, what is the point of having poles when you ski? I mean, it's just a waste. You've got to hold these things the whole way down the mountain and they get in the way and they've got straps on them and they're a mess. And he's like, no, 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 these are the most important part of skiing. And I was like, what? He said, this is the most important part. You've got to understand that there's a whole motion and a whole sequence when you go skiing. He said, when you put the pole down, that becomes in a split second, the fixed point of the motion. And he said, as you put down that pole and you plant that pole down in the ground, it becomes in a split second, the fixed point for everything else, which is moving to go around it. And he said, and if you think about it, going down the hill, you do that hundreds and hundreds of times. It's all the same thing put together that makes a great skiing motion is that the flowing movement of skis going around a fixed point happens over and over again, and that's what makes you a good skier. And I don't know why when I was preparing this message, that story came to me, but it's a lot like our lives, that there's fixed things in our lives, that the motion and the fluid nature of the rest of our lives moves around those fixed things. And it got me thinking about what are the fixed things in my life? And what are the fluid things in our lives? Because I believe there's something in the fixed things because they're immovable and they're on purpose. Let me ask you a question. What's the fluid and what's the immovable in your life? What's fixed and what's fluid? Because I want to propose today that this is what affects our yield. We're in a series, it's interesting, but in, this, in, in life, the surface level things are the things that are easily washed away, especially in a storm, but sometimes even just in a bit of rain. The surface level things, they'll just wash away. They'll just, they'll just go, they'll just move. But the things that are planted in the ground, firmly down in the ground, it doesn't matter what's happening on the surface, they stay right there. It's the same with your life that there are things in your life that are fixed. There are, there are things that are just immovable. There are things that are just in your life. And so I wanted to actually take some time today and talk about when it comes to yield, when it comes to the increase that God wants to bring forth to your life, I wanted to ask you three questions. Normally I give you three points. Today, you're giving me three points, okay? Here we go. Question number one, I want you to ask yourself this question. And maybe think about it, write it down. Question number one is this, am I planted in the house? Am I fixed? Is the house of God a fixed point in the motion called my life? Am I planted in the house? So let me ask you a different way. How planted are you in God's house? 
Do the roots go down deep? Or is it fairly shallow? Would it be easy for your, your place in the house to easily wash away or would it be quite difficult? Now, if you just started coming to our church or you recently just made a decision for Jesus, please, you just begun to follow Jesus. Can I just encourage you, there's not an ounce of guilt here, but this is one of the big questions, I believe, of the Christian journey. Is where am I planted? Am I planted? And I wanna, I wanna make a statement. This is gonna shock you a little bit, but this is just an observation of mine. Been a Christian for 20 years now, and this is what I've observed. I've never seen a seasoned, mature Christian flourishing as a believer that's not planted in the local church. I'm going to say that again. I've never seen it. A seasoned, mature Christian flourishing as a believer that's not planted in the local church, that's not living out the Psalm 92 promise. And if you want to know what some of the messages were like in the very beginning of our church, this is one of those messages. Because Psalm 92, there's a promise in it. It talks about the people of God being like the cedars of Lebanon. You know, can I just encourage you? Cedars don't go anywhere. They're planted. They don't move. But over time, they bear fruit. And they bring about a shade that it blesses other people. This is how we're supposed to live. Let me ask you a question. Are you planted in the house of God? Can you say, yes, I am planted in the house of the Lord and I flourish in the courts of God? See, the local church, it's the, it's the mechanism that God has chosen to do the big yield, to gather the big yield, the big harvest, the big return. See, our lives, it's singular and God takes all of our lives, puts it into one big life called the church. And it's through that mechanism, his chosen mechanism to bring about the big yield. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you can do life without the church, there's something wrong. You're missing something. I remember talking to my connect group leader when I was a young Christian. And I remember saying, hey, what if I just lived out in the desert? Would I still be a Christian if I didn't go to church? And I might never forget what my connect group leader said. That's never going to happen, is it? <laughs> In other words, he's saying, stop being silly. You're going to live right here. Or you're going to live a place like this. And there's going to be a local church. There's going to be an answer for you. There's going to be a place that you can plant your life. There's going to be a place where the roots can go down deep. I believe every single person that calls Jesus Lord has the opportunity to be planted in his local church. It's where the big harvest comes out. Let me ask you a question. How often are you in church? I'm going to meddle for a minute. Most people in America only go to church one to two times a month on average. And I, I've, I've gone and found all these stats that are in that series that are on our YouTube channel. You can go and watch the whole thing. But I just want to say that's not enough. It needs to be said. It's just not enough. There's, there's a reason why we have the Lord's day. And the Lord's day is in our week. It's because God knows exactly what we need. He knows that there's going to be times where you need encouragement. He knows that there's going to be times where you've just had a tough week and the enemy's been attacking you and you need to lift your hands in worship and surrender to him. He knows that this is the rhythm of our lives. We've got to be in the house once a week. We've got to be in church 
What if you decided today that church would be a fixture, that the rest of your life moved around? That sometimes, sometimes what happens is we move church to become one of the fluid things. And I pray that God is raising up a people here that says, no, I'm planted in the house of God. The house of God is my fixture. Everything else moves around that. This is where I'm called to be. And I just want to say this, full disclaimer, I'm not saying you have to come here. Okay? I'm not, I'm not going to say that, you know, you have to come to Colonial Church, but you are called to go somewhere. Everybody's called somewhere. And yes, I am biased. This is the greatest church that's ever existed on the planet. <laughs> Download the app. <laughs> but where are you planted? Where are you called to be planted? Am I planted in the house of the Lord? One of the many blessings, getting to be, I don't have to be the pastor. I get to be the pastor of this church. But one of the many blessings is I get to hear stories like, man, this church has changed my life. I get to hear stories about people say, man, I, I, didn't, I was all alone and then I came into contact with Colonial Church and my life changed. Things changed. I met Jesus. I understood who Jesus is all, in a whole brand new way. My life just opened up. I was just pointing to a couple that was on the, the front row in the eight o'clock service, two young people in our church that met in our church, that started dating in our church, that both uh, committed their lives to Jesus in our church that then got married in our church and then have had kids in our church. And we're only seven years old. But this is the power of the local church because it's the answer for the world. It carries the message of Jesus. Am I planted in the house? Question number one, I want you to answer that question. I want you to think about that question. I want you to consider that question. And at the very end of this, I'm gonna give us some steps that we can take to make sure we're planted. Number two, so number one, am I planted in the house? Number two, am I planted in community? I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I planted in community? Because you could come, but do you hang out? Do you breeze in and breeze out? This is an indicator. How's your hang time at church right now? We actually intentionally try to make space on the front and, and, the, and, and the end and in different parts of our church. And, and we talk about this stuff all the time. We're trying to create environments and atmosphere where you can hang out, that you can be in community. We try to promote atmospheres where you can get planted in community. That's, that was the inspiration behind Grill and Chill. I was thinking about how can we get guys together and be in community? It's easy. Feed them. And it was amazing, guys got together and we encouraged the guys at Grill and Chill once a month, hey, just meet one guy. And then when you come back next, next month, try to meet another guy. And then you're gonna see them in, uh, in church on Sunday and you're gonna connect with maybe the rest of their family and then maybe you'll be planted in community. But am I planted in community? It's important. It's the desire of every single person on some level to be known. And if you aren't planted in community, you'll never be known. And sometimes we're fearful because of a past hurt or we've grown callous and we don't want to allow people to get close. Can I just encourage you as your pastor, push through that. Push through that wall and say, nope, I'm going to be planted in community. 
Because on the other side of you pushing through that, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be planted in community and there are going to be people that you can call your people that will cheer you on in life. They're going to cheer you. They're going to help you move forward. They're going to help you go to the next step. I see businesses flourishing in our community. And I love it. I love seeing businesses flourish. I, 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 could, I could, there are so many that, that's happening. And one of the things I love about it is because you've got to do business with someone. You might as well do it with Christians. But we all need stuff. We all need to be in the market. We've got, got things to do. We've got stuff to make happen in our own lives. But I love seeing businesses flourish because of the community. Also love families coming together. I love seeing these lifelong friendships being formed. I love seeing kids starting to, to, to have these friendship with kids. I love that my kids now have older people to look up to in church life. And over time, they're also going to have other spiritual father figures to speak into their lives and spiritual mothers speaking into their lives. This is what happens when we get planted in community. I've been a witness. I've seen young people come into our church, like I said, have started families in our church. But it's the power of community. And I get it. We can all get busy. And I, I, I get it. We can all, we can all say, I, I, I got to go. I got stuff I got to do. But can I just encourage you? Take time to be planted in community. Because friend, isolation is a killer. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and he breaks out against all sound judgment. I want you to come, I want you to write this, this, this kind of philosophy that we have in our church. It's sort of like a, a, a motto, uh, something that we, we talk about a lot. But I want you to write this down. Distance creates distortion. Distance has a way of creating a distorted mindset. And it's true, the longer you're away sometimes from community, it's amazing how the enemy gets his word in. And sometimes it can just happen if you, if you go traveling or, or maybe you're just out sick for a few weeks. It's amazing how he will start to try to get a hook in and try to start to say things. And then you might find yourself starting to say things like this, oh man, I, I bet they don't care that I'm gone. That's untrue. There are people that care here, that you haven't been here. You might find yourself saying, oh, well, I really wasn't making any progress at that church anyway. That's also untrue because under the surface, God is doing something. You might be here, but under the surface, there's a seed in the ground and something's happening with that seed. God is working on that seed. God is bringing more, uh, more sustenance, more things to that seed. He's working it in and it's under the surface. You might just not notice it right now, but it's happening. I remember when I first started going to church, I told this story before, but I, I just couldn't believe that people were happy to see me. <laughs> I'd walk in the doors of the front, you know, having... A big week or not a great week and I'd walk in and these people were so happy to see me. I was just like, what is wrong with these people? You've got nothing better to do than stand at the doors and be happy about me showing up? And I still remember these, these older guys that are seasoned pastors at Hillsong Church just giving me a big hug, saying, man, it's so good that you're here today. It's awesome. Great to see you. And I remember that just lifted my spirits. I remember just being like, whoa, this is, wow, is this church? Is this, is this what real community's like? Because I didn't do anything for this. But there was a grace environment. 
So I just pray that we would understand that even if there is a little bit of distance, don't let the enemy tell you that you're not welcome here. Don't let the enemy tell you that there's people that are thinking certain things here. It's just not true. And I get it, we're people. Stuff goes on in church life, but just see through it and push through it. So number two, am I planted in community? Number three, am I planted in the Word? Why? Because this affects the yield. This affects your yield. If we're planted in the house, it's going to create a better yield. It's a promise in Scripture. If I'm planted in community, it's going to be better for the yield. And number three, am I planted in the Word? Because it's going to be good for the yield. This is my challenge to our men this week. I preached a message on Thursday night called Priests at Home. But we've got to be men of the Word. But we've got to be people that are willing to consume the Word. How much of this gets in versus your phone? How much of this gets in versus the media? How much of this gets in versus social media? Because this has to be the primary. This has to be, listen to me, the fixture. This has to be the fixed point that the rest of your life moves around. And I pray that we would be people of the Word, people that understand, man, I need to be planted in the Word of God. This is what I said to the guys on Thursday night, but I want to say it to our whole church. If you're expecting a 35-minute message on a Sunday to be the only way you get planted in the Word of God, it's not enough. It's not enough. And I believe that each week that, that we preach the Word in our church. We always start with Scripture. I pray every week I'd go up the mountain and find out what God wants to say and I would deliver it on a Sunday and our team would deliver it on a Sunday. But can I just encourage you, there's so much more that you can do. And I just want to encourage you, play messages. I told the guys on Thursday night, but it irritates my kids, but I just play the audio Bible in the truck (laughs) all the time. I'm just like, you know what? Two things are happening. I'm getting the Word and so are they. There's all kinds of things you can do. You can play messages on the, t- on the living room TV. We have playlists set up in the Colonial uh, YouTube account. We actually, our app is actually an Apple TV app. I'm not sure if you knew that, but you can literally put series and play them. There's worship on there. You can play it. But we've got to be people that are planted in the Word of God. How much Bible you get down in the soil has a direct correlation to how great the yield is. You can't wing knowing what Scripture says about your life. I know this because before I was a pastor, I didn't know the Word that well. And God took me on a journey. You ever been one of those guys in a conversation, you try to just like say, say a Bible verse, but you completely butcher it, you completely get it wrong? I've done that several times. <laughs> but what I've learned is as you get planted in the Word of God, once it becomes a permanent fixture in your life, it's amazing how the rest of my life gets better. What's the old saying? Someone who's got a torn up Bible has a life that isn't. Because they were the type of people that understand how this can be planted in my life and my whole world can be blessed because of it. Even for our kids, I've been taking my, my two boys since Pastor John Norman preached that message, the alignment prayer in January. I've been taking my boys through Psalm 23 and I've been teaching them the word. You know, Colonial Kids is the greatest kids ministry on the planet today. But if you're relying on them, if you're relying on the school to teach your kids the Word of God, can I just encourage you? It's going to affect the yield. 
We've got to understand that God has allowed us to do it. We can do it. We can be planted in the Word of God because it has a direct impact on the yield. So I just wanted to give us four quick steps, real simple. Four quick steps to being planted, okay? Number one, have a plan. Number one, have a plan. Put a commitment and a time on your planting in the house of God. Tell your family, tell your parents, tell, tell, tell people in your world, we, we're going to be planted in this church. Hey, this colonial church place, yes, the pastor's got a weird accent, but you know what? We're going to plant ourselves there. And can I just encourage you, give yourself a year or two. This is something that maybe you've never heard a pastor say, but you need to give it a year or two. It's not going to happen in two months. And you're not going to feel all happy in two months' time. But in a year or two, you know what? Something's going to come out of the soil. Something's going to flow up. And it might be a crisis that you see the church rush in and bless. It might be a situation with your kids in youth house. I've, I've had the privilege of hearing parents talk about how their kids' lives have been changed through youth house. It might show up like that. But you've got to give it time. Have a plan to be committed in the house of God. Give it a couple of years. Have a plan. Don't be wishy-washy about what church looks like for you and your family. So that's number one. Have a plan. Number two, follow the steps. There is a process to being planted. It does take time, but there are steps along the way. We have steps. We have essentials. We have team nights. We have midweek events and things that are going on that are relevant to where you're at in life. We have dinner parties. We have team. Here's a good step. Tithe. Something else that maybe pastors don't say, I don't know, but if you tithe, I guarantee you, it'll tether you to the local church because it's your treasure. And you're putting it there and you're saying, God, I'm going to commit. I'm committing, and it's not saying, I'm not saying it because we need the money, but I tell you what, God would love your heart. God would love to work through that part of your life. Follow the steps. There is steps. Number three, don't bail out. Stick at it. Give it time for the roots to develop. Give it time for them to go down. Give it time for there to be a little bit of irrigation. And I believe through the watering of the Word, through the watering of prayer, through community, that, 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 that the roots will go down and they'll develop. So number three, don't bail out. And finally, number four, stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. We live in a world of discouragement, you know? It's like everywhere you turn, it's like discouragement, 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 discouragement. Every notification on my phone. I'm just turning off all notifications. I don't want any. I don't, don't call me anymore. Don't text me. I don't, I don't want it. No more notifications because they're all negative. They're all discouraging. You know what encouragement is? It's literally what it means to put courage in. We've got to stay encouraged. How do we do that? Well, we've got to encourage ourselves. One of the best ways is to read Scripture. Scripture has an amazing way of encouraging you, putting courage into you. But then we've got to get people around us. You need one or two people that are your encouragement people, your team, that will encourage you. Don't allow discouragement to set in. That's what happens with discouragement. It sets in. It comes in slowly and it sets in. Sometimes you just got to encourage yourself out of that hole you're in. 
and say, no, 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 I, I can do this. This is where I'm supposed to be. God is working through my life. Get a text going with some people who encourage you. But this is why we've got to be planted. And this is where I want to land is to be planted in the Word, to be planted in community, to be planted in the house, all looks like being planted in Jesus. Because the house of God, it's the body of Christ. Community are the believers which are part of that. And the Word of God is Jesus Christ Himself. The seed is Jesus and your heart is the soil. The seed is Jesus and your heart is the soil that He wants to build an amazing life in. So back to our text in Mark chapter 4. Look at verse 8. And other seeds fell. Seeds are going to fall today. Seeds are going to drop into your heart today. I believe it's happening right now. It says they fell into good soil and I believe that's your heart. And it says, and produced grain. Produced grain. To me, that speaks of life. Life flowing out of us. Grain is an example of provision in the Bible. It's, a, it's an example of just daily provision. That's what grain is. Growing up, I believe there's going to be growth today. This might be a maturing message for you. It might be a message that makes you mature a little bit in a good way. But it's growing up. God wants to grow us up. He wants to grow us up so we, we can what? Increase and yield 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. That's the yield of our lives in Jesus' name. Come on, would you stand with me? God, we thank you right now. Father, we thank you for the yield that you want to bring through our lives. And God, we thank you for the re revelation today of what it looks like to be planted in the house. Father, I just pray right now that you would give us a revelation of how amazing your house is. Give us the same revelation that Jacob had. Give us the same revelation that David had. Give us the same revelation that Paul had and Peter had, Lord, and the disciples had. That Jesus, you died for the house of God to be born so we could live in it forever. God, I pray for community today, that you would begin to work community into lonely lives. Father, I thank you for the Word of God that's going forth today that's going to produce great grain in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing together. Let's worship. Come on. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.